Well, hey, what's up, Resonate Church family and any other friends tuning in and listening? Glad to have you here. My name is Jacob Dahl. I have the honor of leading our church here in Seattle. We are in a sermon series on the book of Colossians, looking at the six marks of Christian maturity. Every Sunday, we're going to look at one of these different marks, studying and learning what it means to live into a fruit-bearing life as disciples of Jesus. And so, what's cool about a lot of the New Testament is that it contains letters written to new and young and upcoming churches, helping them grow into the fullness of maturity in Christ. And so, the letter from Paul to the church in Colossae is one of these letters. As we engage this letter, though it's a 2,000-year-old document, it has profound implications for the modern church to consider, especially ours here in Seattle, which is new and young and upcoming. So let's dive in together. How's it going, everybody? If I haven't had the chance to meet you yet, my name is Sam Stargell. I got to move here about two years ago now with the core team to start uh, Resonate Seattle. Um, and I've had the blessing of uh, being a part of seeing it grow these last year and a half, almost two years now. And I have the opportunity tonight to be with you guys um, and to open the Word of God. So I'm excited about that. Tonight we'll be in Colossians 3, 16 and 17, if you want to prepare and, and open your Word to that passage. Um, Colossians 3, 16 says, Let the Word of Christ dwell within you. When I first read this verse, uh, I was like, what does that even mean to dwell within something? A dwell is kind of an older word. You don't really hear it in our vernacular um, as much these days. And it just kind of took me a second to picture exactly what this meant. So that's how I want to start tonight. Um, take a few minutes at your table, a minute or two, and talk about what that, what that means. What does it mean to dwell in something? Um, in the context of this passage, what it means to have something dwell within you. So go ahead and take a minute. Like I said, when I first thought about uh, what that idea meant, uh, it, it took me a minute to adjust to exactly what was being said. So maybe it took you um, for a, a second as well to get oriented around that idea. Eventually, I got to um, a more clear picture in my mind. So this last year, uh, my wife and I got married about seven months ago now. Yeah, yeah, very exciting. Um, we got our keys to our apartment about a month before the wedding. So uh, my lease had just ended at my previous home. We got the keys to the apartment. We walked into our apartment for the first time. Um, and over the course of that month leading up to the wedding and really the few months after that, we started to dwell in our apartment. We started to make it like us. The apartment looks a lot different now than it did last July. If you walk in now, you'll see my Chemex coffee set up in the corner of the kitchen. I use it every morning to make coffee. I wake up my wife with the grinder and everything that goes along with that. Uh, in the living room, you'll see Maddie's guitar. She has three of them in there right now. Um, and uh, throughout our home, you will see pictures of us from dating, engagement, and now marriage. The apartment looks like us. We started to dwell within that apartment and it became a place that represented us. I think this helped me understand exactly what this passage is trying to convey. When something dwells within a place, that place becomes like the thing dwelling there. In this context, if Jesus' words, if Christ's words dwell in us, we will become more like Jesus. We will become more like Jesus. 
So this probably isn't a complete picture of what this scripture is saying, but I think it gets us started. Um, so I want to revisit the text here and read the entirety of verses 16 and 17. So if you guys want to turn to your Bibles, um, verse 16 starts this way. It says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So I want to start off with the significance of the word let here. I, I tried to look at how you say the word so that I could share with you guys. Google Translate was not helping me out. Um, but I did find out that the word, that the Hebrew word for let in this context has 10 different applications. It's come up um, as 10 different uses of the word in our English translation. So those words are give, let, grant, allow, permit, establish, hand over, and administer, just to name a few of them. So take a second to think about that. Go beyond just the word let. Think, think about letting, allowing, permitting Christ's word to dwell within you. Think about establishing Christ's dwelling. Think about administering Christ's word within you. Let The word let used in this verse indicates that Christ's word already existed. It already existed. We just simply have to allow it into ourselves. We have to allow it to dwell in us. I also want to define what this passage uses, what Paul uses Christ's word to describe. John 1, 1 says this really clearly. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. You can see that the word, Christ's word, has existed since the beginning of time. This was with God before the creation of the world, and the word was God. So it is a direct representation of him. Charles Spurgeon says in a sermon, on his sermon on Colossians 3, he says this about the idea of uh, Christ's word. That is a very beautiful name for Holy Scripture. I hardly remember to have met it anywhere else. Let the word of Christ dwell in you. Remember, dear friends, that Christ himself is the word of God. And recollect also that the scriptures are the word of the word. They are the word of Christ. I think that they will be, that they will be all the sweeter to you if you realize that they speak to you of Christ, that he is the sum and the substance of them, and that they direct you to Christ in fact, as John says of his gospel, that they were written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name. So the next thing that I want to do is point out three things that happen when Christ's word dwells within you. So three things. When you begin a new practice, over time you see different results. And maybe that's working out. Maybe that's a new food routine. You start to see different results, good or bad. But here you see only good things come from the practice of letting Christ's word dwell within you. So the first thing is this. This is what Paul says in verse 16. Biblical wisdom. The first thing is biblical wisdom. This one is pretty simple. If you spend time in God's word, you're going to glean the wisdom of it. It's going to saturate your mind. You're going to be more aware of his text, uh, the things that he shared to his disciples before um, he went back to heaven and you're going to be able to understand it. But it doesn't stop there. Verse 16 tells us to teach 
it admonish, admonish others out of the biblical wisdom that we receive. Teach those around you, admonish those around you, encourage those around you in Christ's word. The second thing that happens when we let Christ's word dwell within us is worship and thankfulness. Verse 16 continues on to say that they respond in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. When we let Christ's word sit with us, when we go to his word, we should respond with worship. We should respond with joy and excitement that our creator loved us, not just enough to save us, but to give us his words that we can have a relationship with him and experience who he is, leading us to worship and thankfulness. And the third thing that we see this passage tell us uh, is that when we let the word of Christ dwell within us, uh, it results to us living life for God's glory, living life for God's glory. Uh, in a similar passage, in a similar idea, 1 Peter 4.11 says this, Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God provides, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Christ Jesus, to him be the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. This idea that if we spend time in God's word, if it dwells within us, we become like the thing dwelling within us. We become something that is going to be glorifying to Christ, that is going to spread his personhood, his likeness, his word everywhere we go. This verse indicates that by what God provides to us, we are to glorify him with. When Christ's word dwells within us and provides the gifts of wisdom and new life, this should lead us to glorify God. Now, maybe this is really a high view of what the scripture is saying. Maybe it seems pretty lofty, like, okay, I get it. We should read the Bible, but what does that even really look like? How do, how do we get to this point where we're responding in worship and glorifying him? Well, I have three points about how we do this practically, how we do this practically to kind of simplify us and ground us a little bit um, and how to practice this in our lives. The first is this, read Christ's word read Christ's word. This is pretty simple. This is pretty simple, but I think it's incredibly impactful. About a year and a half ago, uh, I had the opportunity to be in a wedding of one of my friends, um, and one of the other groomsmen uh, was a pastor out of Tri-Cities. Uh, he also runs an insurance agency, um, has a wife and kids, and I asked him, hey, what would you say to yourself at 2324, um, aka what would you say to me? I'm really asking for advice here. <laughs> Um, what would you say to a 23, 24-year-old kid um, about how you got to where you are, about how to have health and success and fruitfulness in this life? Um, I was not married at the time, and I still do not have kids. Um, I'm not a pastor of a church. I, I have a job, but I'm trying to juggle all of these things. And what he said next was kind of took me, took me aback for a second. He says, spend an hour in the Word every day. Spend an hour in, in Christ's word every day. And I was thinking about his life. I was like, this guy's got a wife. This guy's got kids. This guy has a job. This guy's a pastor. There's a lot of things that he's juggling. And when you think about committing an hour of time um, in, in lieu of the rest of the things that he could be doing and having a more productive maybe job or fill in the blank, he was taking that time every morning, one hour, to spend in Christ's word. Said he had not always done it well, um, but when he did, it led to incredible fruit. It led to a change. He could tangibly see the difference of who he was um, between the times where he was and was not. 
and that stuck with me. Um, I still don't hit an hour every day, but I try to get in the Word before I go to work. Um, and I too can tell the difference between a day at work when I've spent time in His Word and a day at work where I have not. And it is drastically different. So we need to read Christ's Word. Number two, memorize Christ's Word. Memorize Christ's Word. Psalm 119.11 says this, I have stored up your word on my heart that I might not sin against you. Storing up his word on your heart. What does that even mean? Um, I think about a friend of mine in college who was incredible at memorizing scripture. I was always like, dude, how do you know so much of the Bible? How do you just pull this out of nowhere? And he had these verse uh, cards in his pocket. It was kind of nerdy. He'd be like, Colossians, you know, whatever. And like, I'm like, whoa, you're like really practicing this. But it was incredible to see in moments where um, he had the ability where a life circumstance came up and he wasn't giving advice out of his own wisdom. He was giving advice directly from scripture. And I thought that that was really cool to see and something that um, encouraged me to work on that discipline. When you memorize Christ's word, you're going to set yourself up to, in hard times, be a biblical counsel. It's really also going to allow it to stick into your mind when you memorize something. It's stuck in your mind. Think about the words to a song. Um, one of my friends really loves Justin Bieber and the song Baby by Justin Bieber. Uh, if I played that right now, most people would probably know the words to that song. Don't sing it right now. <laughs> Maybe wait until you get home, on your way home in your car to play it. Um, but think about the memorization of that. It's stuck with you. In the same way, we should grab Christ's word, we should memorize Christ's word, and it'll stick with us. It'll really start to dwell within us. Number three, process the word of God in community. Process Christ's word in community. Proverbs 27, seven says, as iron sharpens iron, one person sharpens another. This idea that when we gather and we talk about what Christ's word um, says, we're going to benefit one another. We're going to sharpen one another. We're going to help one another become more like Christ. Maybe this example sticks more closely to home for some of us, either current college students or recent graduates. But you think about the idea of a study partner. You've got that midterm coming up. You have the final around the corner, and you, you know, the teacher's talking about it in class, and you poke the person next to you, hey, tomorrow night, let's get together, and let's, let's study through this. Let's get ready for the exam later this week. That it does two things. Having a study partner does two things. It allows you to share understanding with one another. So um, I benefit from the person I'm studying with. They benefit from me and what I know about the course content. And it also allows you to teach, to share about what the course content is. And I was always told by my professors, teaching it, sharing it with someone else is going to allow it to stick in your mind and you're going to be able to uh, hold that information to do well on the exam. In the same way, if we talk about Christ's word with one another, I both have the benefit of brothers and sisters in my life sharing what they know about Christ's word with me, and I also receive the benefit of recounting Christ's word to others so that it might stick in my mind more clearly. When we read the word of God, memorize the word of God, and process the word of God in community, it's going to lead Christ's word to dwell within us, to really saturate not only into our mind, but our, also our heart and our soul. It's going to make a little bit of a difference. So to talk a little bit more about how to do this practically, I want to invite a couple friends up to uh, answer a couple questions for me. So Marion and Brett, come on up.
Um, I wanted to invite them up uh, tonight to give us just a little bit more of a clear idea um, of what this looks like practically in their own lives. So uh, we'll start maybe with Marianne here, but uh, Marianne, can you talk to us um, a little bit about what it looks like to let the word of Christ dwell in you and what this has looked like for your own life? Yeah, I think I've been thinking about uh, what it means to let the word dwell within me, and I think it means operating out of an understanding of what the cross has done for me and to be receiving that when I'm in the word. So um, if I believe that the word is good news to my life and I believe that it's true, then of course I want every part of it to be affecting the way that I think, the way that I make decisions, uh, the way that I respond to things, how I view myself, God, and others. Um, because ultimately, it's like we need to know God more and live into this new identity that He's given to me uh, because of the cross. So, I think practically what that looks like for me is uh, being in the Word as much as I can. And a lot of that time is it's wanting to know it, to study it, uh, to ask questions, and then also invite others with me to read it uh, too. So, I, every week I read. The Bible with a few girls, and um, a lot of time we're asking questions about the word and trying to understand it uh, together. And so uh, that's, that's what it's like. Uh, yeah, so I think for me, um, a lot of the same stuff Marianne said, but um, what it looks like for me to have the word of Christ dwell within me is to just be thinking, like, I have a relationship with Christ, and I can believe that what I'm constantly reading in the morning what I'm telling myself throughout the day is true because I have somebody that I can go to um, and let that fill me up throughout the day. So I think like throughout my busy day right now um, at work, like we're onboarding a lot of clients. It's like, oh my gosh, I might not have an hour in the morning to, to read, but what I can be doing is meditating on the word. And I remember when um, one of my mentors told me to meditate on the word for the first time. I'm like, do you mean just like sit down, crisscross, say um for a little bit? No. He was like, no, you need to be memorizing the word. Um, and as I was processing that, I was going through like, okay, I have, like I'm sinning a lot right now. I feel the shame. And it's like, no, Romans 8.1, like that there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. And I can remind myself that throughout the day, really like believe it. Um, as I'm going through that. So I think that's what's helped me out practically, let the word of Christ dwell within me. That's kind of a follow-up to that um, for both of you guys. What do you think has changed in your life since um, beginning that practice, since try really trying to dial in the practice of letting Christ's word dwell in you? Yeah, I think for me, um, what's changed is I'm more reliant on Christ. Mm -hmm. um, I think for me, uh, I tend to go throughout my day and just think that I can do it all. Um, and when I'm reliant on Christ, it's telling me like, well, Brad, like you can't do it all. Um, you can't go out throughout your day and just not talk to me. Um, and I noticed that when I talk to Christ, like my day slows down, I'm more in control because I know I'm actually not in control. It's Christ. Um, that's for me. Yeah. I think along the same lines as Brett, um, I think I've recognized my need for God all the time and, uh, I think uh, the more I'm in the Word, the more I'm able to see every weakness and what I hear it clearly, and uh, I'll invite correction into that um, because I want God to be changing me, and I want my thoughts to be His thoughts, I want my heart to be His heart. Um, so I want to invite the Word uh, to transform me in that, but also inviting close people in my life to see my life and uh, call those things out and me to 
So, yeah, I got in fighting records in my life. Uh, Thank you guys. Give them a round. I wanted to uh, have a couple friends come up and share because I think it's beautiful, different people's testimonies about what that looks like for them. It allows it to really sink in a little bit. So thanks to Marianne and Brett for being a part of that. Um, even in their stories, you can see the idea of um, when Christ dwells within something, it becomes more like Christ. When, when something dwells somewhere, it becomes more like them. And I think that this idea, becoming more like Christ, is really just part of the greater story of Christianity. It's part of the bigger picture. Um, Paul, I think, does it beautifully in Colossians, um, painting kind of a whole story arc. Back in chapter 2, he straight up just shares the gospel with us. He doesn't miss any points. He doesn't leave anything up to debate. But he makes it very, very clear that we were dead in our trespasses and that God sent his son for us so that we could, with his, Christ's death, our, de our sin would be put to death, and with his resurrection and his new life, we would be brought to new life. Paul carries on in chapter 3, um, talking about putting on the new self, as Kyle led us through last week, talking about those characteristics and above all else, love. Um, and now that leads into uh, the verses today, talking about letting the Christ, word of Christ dwell in you. That's part of putting on the new self. It's all part of Christ's storyline. We don't just stop when we receive the blessing of salvation. We continue on to these beautiful characteristics that are like him. We continue on to let his word dwell in us. And when that happens, uh, that allows us to become people with biblical wisdom, to become people who have worship and thankfulness in their life, and to become people who glorify him with everything that we have. So I just want to close tonight kind of setting our eyes on this. Um, and just kind of encourage all of us to not go into this week forgetting to set up some sort of times to set up a way for you to be able to connect with Christ's word and start the practice of letting that dwell in you. If you don't know how to do that, grab a friend. Uh, as I said tonight, processing the word of God and community is imperative to this process. So grab a friend, but I want to see um, all of us in his image in his likeness, that we may glorify him as we go about everything that we do in this world, both in word and deed. Let me pray as we enter into worship. Lord, thank you for um, salvation. Thank you that we find ourselves um, within you, um, that our sin is, is put to death, uh, and that in your resurrection, we are also brought to new life. I pray that uh, as we enter into this week, we continue to put on the new self. I pray that we strive to be more like you and we run the race that's set ahead and that part of that would be letting your word dwell within us, that we would read it, memorize it, talk about it together um, and everything that goes along with becoming more like you, Jesus. I pray that you use those moments to sharpen us, um, to give us your character and to help glorify you in this world as we go about our everyday lives. Thank you, Jesus, and I pray that we um, have hearts of uh, worship and response tonight. So, amen.